Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined for our second interview with a very special guest, Jeff Roning. And Jeff is co-founder of StealthSeminar.com. Through Stealth Seminar, using webinars, over a billion dollars in products and services have been sold by their users. With that sort of data, knowledge, and information that no one else has, Jeff is passionate about helping people and businesses use webinars to grow faster and more dramatically than has been possible at any other time in the history of the world. I've asked Jeff to come back here today so we can all learn how to use this amazing tool better in our businesses. So Jeff, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Uh, very good. Thank you very much for inviting me, Daryl. It's sounds wonderful like, to be here. Sounds, sounds like very good. A billion dollars in products and services. I mean, that's a really impressive number and with a, what seems like a simple tool. Um, now, before we even dive into that, for those that haven't listened to our first interview, which I highly recommend they check out, it was a great interview, extremely valuable. How did you even get into webinars? Like, do you come from a family of people that were entrepreneurs or pitchmen? Like, how do you, how did this happen? No, actually, I came from a family of, uh, blue collar workers and, um, I, uh, uh, started out, um, very entrepreneurial myself though. Um, and, uh, in a previous business to stealth seminar, I was giving a lot of webinars, giving a lot of webinars to, um, capture prospects, mm. capture leads, as well as to sell products and services. And I started to get really tired of giving the same webinars over and over again. Right. So I went out to uh, sign up for a service that would automate them. And, um, I was really shocked when, um, there was nobody out there that did that. Hmm. So, um, I, that sent me on a couple of year journey to, um, create my own cause I had no clue how hard it would be. Um, <laughs> and finally found, uh, some individuals that could help me. And, uh, that was the tool I used in that other business. And, uh, uh, I had some marketers as well, you know, that kind of observed what I was doing in that business. And they said, hey, I'd like to use this tool you're using. So uh, that was the birth my of wife all. was, that was the birth of it all. Yes. We changed, you know, we had to change the software to make it more, uh, you know, enterprise level. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, you know, um, Stealth Seminar was born. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it is shocking. When I think about a billion dollars being sold through Stealth Seminar, that is like unimaginable to me. I right. Mean, that number is so huge that it's like, you know, when this thing started, you know, there's no way in heck I would ever think that that would be the case. Right. But those numbers come from um, our own sales pixels because people can embed sales pixels into the webinar 
Um, so those numbers come from uh, taking that data across the number of webinars that have ran. And it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy number. It is a crazy it's, number. You know, I mean, whenever I think about it, I just smile like an like an idiot, you know. <laughs> well, it's, you've had an amazing. It's it means you've had an amazing impact on a lot of businesses. And I mean, so for anyone listening here that isn't already hip to it, uh, I mean, the number one challenge in a lot of businesses is scaling sales. You know, let's say you already have a sales force. Let's say that they they're selling well, but there's only so many hours in a day. Even if your marketing is amazing and you bring in more leads than these sales people that you have can talk to. That means you have to get new salespeople, train them up, and have them go into the field. But the problem is every new sales rep has their own personality. They're going to put their own spin to things. They're going to have their own learning curve. They're going to have good days, bad days, sunny days, cranky days, sick days, you know, all this sort of stuff. And so I always like to tell people kind of the history of how advertising kind of came about was, you know, back in the in the early days, unless you were like a blacksmith or someone that had a like a like a anyway, like a like a barber, unless you had a shop, most business people were traveling salesmen, you know, going door to door, town to town, knocking on doors, trying to sell their wares. And one day you have like a really ambitious sales rep who's trying to get to more doors because he's either got, you know, a, a baby on the way or, you know, a girlfriend that wants a bigger house or wife that wants a bigger house or something. And, uh, you know, he's trying to figure out how do I go to more doors? And he realizes every time he knocks on a door like you, you know, you're given the same presentation over and over again. He's like, I go through the same spiel. And so he realized maybe I could write it down, pay a boy to run ahead of me, deliver these letters. And then when I show up, I'm just answering questions, collecting orders. And this kind of process was refined to the point where now he just has an order form attached and he's not even going door to door. He's just pulling into town, distributing the letters and getting the orders sent back to him and grabbing the stuff off the cart, giving it to the boys, collect, you know, changing the money and away they go. And then you've got Benjamin Franklin, the postal service. Now he doesn't even have to travel anymore. And that was the birth of modern advertising where sales letter and direct response advertising. And now this has gone so far down the line where we have technology where with a webinar, you've got your presentation whether it's an on-stage presentation or it's that one-on-one consultation you do across the desk from someone. And you can just can and clone it, like you said. Like you can record this and scale it up. And that way you are the same all day, every day, 24 hours a day, never get sick, never rest. So for people that learn to use webinars effectively, it is an amazingly incredible tool to grow and scale a business. Did I miss anything there, Jeff? Wow. You know, I want to sign up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, you, you didn't miss anything other than, you know, um, during that time you can be as, as everything's working and rolling, you can be off working on new projects. You can be off with your family on vacation, you know, hitting the golf course or whatever hobby you enjoy. So it, it, it's a, it's a really a powerful, powerful powerful tool it is and i've got some questions then so like what are some ways that talk about like so we've got again people listening to this you got to go listen to the first interview that we did with jeff it was fantastic he really helped break down how to structure a webinar i'm curious about what's new what's changed is anything new is anything changed um because webinars have become way 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 more popular and so i know i've heard at least in my circles people some people complaining about the cost per per attendee for webinars you know that sort of thing like is how has the landscape changed maybe over the last couple of years with webinars has it changed at all it's still like nope it's i mean it's still always a fantastic tool for the reasons that we just mentioned you know the fact that you can get your best kind of you know offer presentation your you know yourself at concert pitch recorded to show all day every day 
have the have the mechanics at all changed? Is advertising them changed at all? Is, are there price points that it's like you know in your experience? I'm I'm asking 17 questions. I apologize, but you know oh, there, that's okay. Like no, are there, you, you yeah. know you bring up a lot of good stuff, and a lot of people you know they wonder about the same thing, and and they kind of hear some of those things. Um, and, uh, you know, the, uh, so I'll start with, you know, how has it changed and, and how has, how has the business changed? Hmm. You know, for a lot of markets, webinars have not even, have not even yet made an appearance. Hmm. Um, you know, for the early adopter markets, the early adopter markets would be like the internet marketing markets. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been around for, for quite a few years now. But when you get to, um, you know, like um, uh, the dental market or the um, the um, uh, elective uh, medical markets and stuff like that, it's still very, very new. And most people are not using them at all. Um, and so um, you have to kind of look at your market and kind of see. And what you need to do is you need to be aware that like um, – Talking specifically to the internet marketing, because they are, they tend to be, um, you know, the early adopters. Mm -hmm. They were the first to embrace this. Um, you know, one of the, one of the keys, um, is, is anytime you are, you know, using a new tool, there's always going to be a boost. There's always going to be, it's new. So people will accept it and they'll, and they'll, and they'll be excited to be on it. But then as, as, as it gets more, um, common, um, you know, then what you have to do is you have to focus on your content. You have to make good content. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as long as your content is, uh, quality, um, and really that comes down to each individual person, you know, <clears throat> when you looked at webinars, um, from that early adopter thing, you know, in the beginning, they'd almost just like get on the webinar and say, buy my yeah. product. I mean, yeah. you know, and if they didn't say buy my product, they said that essentially in 18 different ways for, for two hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what you, what you ended up doing is, um, kind of, as an individual business ended up burning your list, right? It'd be no different than if you just hammered the heck out of them on email to buy your stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are just unsubscribed. They'll tune you out. So, so content will still be, uh, you know, the number one key. Another big key with people that have been doing webinars for a while or are in that early adopter market is to don't run any replays because as soon as you run replays, and you're training your market not to show up. And if they don't show up, then obviously you don't have that conversion. And so while some people can make and have made in the past uh, mm -hmm. big numbers with replays, they're typically not on your day-to-day -day business. What they are is on these major launches. So you do have that urgency factor, but if you're running webinars on a regular basis, the best thing you can do is kill that replay. You know, you're far better off to invite them to, um, another live or automated webinar, you know, five to seven days later and get them to re-register, to recommit to make those micro commitments again. And now you've trained them because if they were expecting a replay, now it's like, oh, okay, well, this person doesn't do any replay. So I guess I will have to actually carve out time on my schedule and attend. 
Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, that makes all that all makes perfect sense. And I guess that's right. It depends on the market you're in. Some markets are oversaturated. I just mean in my newsfeed and Facebook and that it seems like everyone's doing a webinar these days, uh, which makes sense because I have a lot of <laughs> marketing friends. So um, now, what about the structure and the layout, the flow? Like you say, like components that like good content is kind of king. And that does depend on the person in the industry. Is there still like, is there, is there like a, a flow to the webinar that works really well? I mean, if any, someone's listening to this and like, all right, I'm in a, I'm in a niche. I don't think it's oversaturated. I think this is worth testing. It's a, you know, I've never done a webinar before. Is there a structure that we can like that would help them? And and again, for people listening, Jeff really broke down an amazing one in our last interview. I guess I'm wondering if that though. Now you've done a billion dollars in sales. Does that change at all? Um, there's just more people doing terrible webinars. That's about the only <laughs> thing that's changed, you know, because what happens is people see someone else who's doing a crummy job and they emulate that. And then, you know, they're surprised with the results they get. Yep. Um, whereas if you really focus on the individuals, um, and, and really focus on what it is they want to learn, those individuals that are your registrants or your prospects, um, then, you know, if, if you tackle and solve those top three problems for those individuals, they will convert for you. Mm-hmm. So get a bunch of people on the webinar, solves three problems for them and then make your pitch kind of for continuing education or I guess for ongoing, like, yeah, get on the, get on the webinar. Hey, if these three things, you know, problem one, problem two, problem three, which leads them to the natural conclusion that now they would need their product. So I guess a good way to do it would be to take your product and maybe reverse engineer. What are three things that might, people might need to solve before they would be ready or need your product and then use your webinar to kind of fill those gaps to bridge that, the bridge that on the webinar. Yeah. And I think you got to start off really strong. So you grab their attention. So, you know, I always think you're best to either take a contrarian view or to um, share a statistic. Um, And I like to do that because that, you know, that really emotionally hooks people. Um, You know, even a dry statistic can emotionally hook people if it's presented right. you know, um, so uh, starting them off right, making sure that you really have them riveted to your webinar, making sure you've got those three uh, top three challenges that they want to solve. Make sure you're giving them a bonus for their attendance at the end mm-hmm. um, and um, make sure that you're, um, you know, if you're not even if you're not actually interacting with them, you've got some faux interaction going so that they are involving themselves Can you explain with your what webinar. That, what do you mean by faux interaction? So, um, during a, during a lot, if you were doing, um, a live inner live, um, webinar, um, you know, you can interact with people, you can answer questions. Um, well, you can do the same thing with an automated webinar. So, um, you know, we might start off early in the webinar. I always like to start off early in the webinar with a survey. So we might take a couple different surveys during a webinar and that survey can be real or it can be faux. So a faux survey would be a, um, survey that, you know, the outcome with. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then you might interact with people and you might, uh, do that by 
having what I think the, the most powerful way is absolutely having a Q and a section hmm. so that as people come on your webinar, you can let them know, you know, we're going to have a Q and a Q and a section. So if you've got any questions, any comments, any complaints, um, you know, put them in as they occur to you and we'll cover them during that. And what you can do then is not answer those specific people, but what you can do is answer the most powerful, the most common, the most frequent questions that you typically get. And so by doing that, um, you'll be answering the vast majority of the questions that will be there. So as you answer a question, you won't say, hey, here's a question from Jody from Georgia. She wants to know what you'll be doing is just uh, recapping the question and in in a manner such as, hey, here's a great question. Yeah, this person's wondering how many people are typically successful with this if you don't have a lot of money. Mm. So now everybody that asked a question along those lines will think you're answering them personally. Mm -hmm. Um. So uh, the other thing I like to do is, oh, you know what? I got a great download for that. It's a worksheet. Let me see if I can just put it up on the mm. on the screen now. And um, and then so you can act like you're being very spontaneous. The people are interacting in the webinar. The people on the webinar are interacting with the people on the webinar that were on the webinar last week because <laughs> they see their comments mm -hmm. <laughs> if you approve them. And um, so, uh, yeah, the interaction is key. Mm -hmm. People don't want to just come on and hear uh, and, and, you know, they don't want to just they don't want to just be broadcasted to. I guess that's really what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Right. They want to be participants in some sort of event. I love that because that's something actually, I remember I did a J, I did a webinar once for JV zoo and that was, and it was one of my first webinars ever. And that's where I flopped was, it was that it was, it was a presentation. It wasn't an interactive conversation. And that's, I get what you're saying. So for a lot of people listening to this, if you're not well versed in webinars, you are going to need to do your webinar over and over and over again. It's probably a bad idea to jump in and do an automated one right away because you really want to get something that works. I mean, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you automate a uh, something that's not tested, not proven, and never really been put in front of live people, you're not. there's no way to know how it's going to go. But if you're there, I mean, they always say nothing will convert. When we go back to that example, the sales rep going from town to town, you know, putting letters in, in the mail, that was based on a real face-to-face, kneecap-to-kneecap conversation that had been developed over time. You know, it wasn't, and that's where a lot of people, and even myself, have struggled with online marketing and that today, where it can be tough if you're sitting on one side of the screen trying to imagine the wants, needs, and desires of groups of other people on the other side. You know, I mean, there's hundreds of, I mean, there's, there's billions of people on the planet, but that represents hundreds of thousands of differences in needs, wants, desires. And you're trying to capture the, the, the majority of whatever, you know, you're trying to find the biggest group to kind of chase after and go after with your spear, so to speak. And how do you know that? And if you don't talk to them, you can guess, but you're never going to get feedback as quickly as you do it live with those people. So I think first you'd want to do it live with live interaction, get it down and then you can go and do something automated. And then I guess like like Jeff is saying, I mean, Stealth Seminar is such a great tool. I'm not necessarily here to sell it, but I've used it and helped actually a couple clients do over a million dollars with it. And that's where, like Jeff said, you can approve comments. So when people come on your webinar and they comment on it, if it's a recurring automated one, you can approve comments. And that way, when the next people come on, it's like your webinar gets busier and busier kind of as as time goes on and, and right and you do it more and more you can delete the comments that you don't like type thing so that's a fantastic tip there 
Now, can we talk about how to how to get people to show up to your webinar? Absolutely. Sure. How do you do that? So, um, you know, you make a good point there. I think the first thing you really want to understand is your prospects. So you want to, um, you know, if, if you're in the market, you know, most of the people, I think when they start a business, they pretty much stay in there in the market they're used to then, you know, you probably have a pretty good line on, on what your prospects want, what they need, what they, how they, how they, how they view things. So if you don't, that would be the first step, you know, do the research so that you understand your prospects, um, to get them to, to actually show up to the webinar. There's a number of different, um, promotional things you can do. Um, you can, um, uh, if you've got an email list, obviously shoot email list out. If you've got a blog, you could use your blog to do it. If you do any social media like Facebook or like Instagram or whatever it happens to be, then you can pitch it there. If you do any pay-per-click, then you can, uh, put out pay-per-click ads. If you do any retargeting, then you can pitch to the people that have visited your, your sites in the past. If you do any JVs, then you could get the JVs involved. You can also promote via Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. um, so anything that you can imagine in a, in a way that you can reach out and connect with people mm -hmm. is suitable for webinar. Mm, got it. So find a group of people that have a, a problem you can solve and offer to solve it for them on a webinar. Now, what about the show up stuff? Is there like... I mean, everyone's going to be different, but they used to say 33% of registrants is, are, are what you're going to get to show up. Is that still true? Is there a certain number, like a, a preferred, I mean, because there's always an 80-20 with all the data that you've got, you know, there's probably going to be some best practices that emerge. And like you mentioned, a lot of people emulate the wrong thing to do or the people doing it improperly. Is there, again, a, a way, should you market your first webinar two, three weeks in advance of when you're going to host it? Is it okay to do it, you know, two days before? But it really depends. I guess I'm answering my own question here. You know, I guess if you've got an email list of 20,000 plus people, you can do a webinar in 24 hours and announce it in 24 hours. But if you don't have that audience, you may want more time to build it up. Is that true? Well, the, the further out your webinar is, uh, the less your show up rate will be. So mm. if I'm promoting a webinar two weeks out, my show up rate is going to be terrible. Hmm. Um, you know, and that's really the power of the just in time scheduling that, uh, mm -hmm. we, um, came up with. And I really wish I would have changed. You know what I really regret now, Daryl, I wish I would have called it the stealth seminar registration time or the Ronnie registration time, because now, you know, a lot of people try and emulate it. And, and a lot of people don't know where the just in time came from. Um, for those people that aren't familiar with the just in time, it's a, it's a schedule that was created after looking at millions of, uh, registration attendee data and, um, it's, it's the highest attendance conversion rate for cold webinars. And, uh, that schedule is the top of the next hour tomorrow at 11 AM or the day after tomorrow at 7 PM. And with that, with that registration schedule, you'll get approximately an 80% across the board in every industry because most people will pick the top of uh, the next hour mm. and um, 
they probably already have time because they're on the web and it's enough pain to make it to make it seem as if it's a true event but it's uh, also close enough that there's some instant gratification Mm. and so um so that for a cold audience would be the best the Mm -hmm. shorter the better um if you're going to do it with your own audience then i would recommend uh, max five days out Mm. better two or three days out got it okay that's excellent yeah two or three yeah, and that's good to hear that that still works. Because again, it's such a good schedule. Because you got the people; they're online now, so top of the hour. So that's like right now. Like right now, it's quarter to the hour. So if I came to the registration page, it would be like this webinar starting in 14 minutes and blah blah, blah counting it down. But at the end of the hour, two one minute pass, it'll be like this webinar starts in 59 minutes. So it's always top of the hour. And then 11 a.m. you get the people that you know have mornings off and work nights or busy nights. And then the day after you get that. So that works out really well. And how about follow up? Like, do you got to send an email or a message within 15 minutes or right when you start? Can you send too many emails before the beginning of your webinar? What are some of the best practices? Yeah. So, you know, the best practice would be to confirm their webinar registration. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I I assumed you were talking about the just in time schedule. No, but that's perfect. Um, No, no. Yeah, that's fine. So so confirm their registration and then send them the reminder just a few minutes to and also build into your registration page um, the request, not the requirement, but the request for their text number. So you can send them a text as well. Mm. So you send that just as you're starting to. So that they can jump over there and 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 get on the webinar. Are you a fan of having offers on the webinar registration thank you page? No, I'm not. I know some people. You know, there's always exceptions, mm-hmm. and I know I I know some people do it very well. Um, uh, for the people I've worked at, the data I've seen, um, it reduces the response on the webinar. Because mm, people just try to. Right away, you're like showing your genitals, and they're like, "Whoa, buddy, we haven't even gone on the date yet." Is that kind of what's going on? Yeah, and they get confused. You know, it's confusing to a lot of people. It's like, "Well, wait a minute. He was just telling me I'm going to get all this free stuff, and now he's trying to sell me stuff already." Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've worked with a ton of people, <clears throat> and um, that has always cost them money. It hasn't. It hasn't made them money. Mm-hmm. It's much more profitable to take that off the webinar thank you page good good now how about price points is it is it like you really shouldn't do a webinar for anything under 50 bucks is it doesn't really matter you know is there anything that you've noticed well depending on you know if you are if you're paying for traffic which a lot of people do then it kind of becomes a um then it kind of becomes a uh you know, kind of a, a conversion. Um, like let's, let's take a common situation right now. A lot of people are paying for traffic. They're driving it to a webinar registration page. Mm-hmm. And then on their webinar, they are, um, driving people to schedule a, a strategy session or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, um, some people, they can they can pay uh, you know some people uh, can can go broke if they're paying nine dollars for a registrant they can go broke if they're paying a dollar for a registrant some people can pay you know six hundred bucks for a registrant mm-hmm. because because of the way the conversion numbers look mm-hmm. so um, 
you know, if your conversion numbers are good on the webinar registration page, then you've got attendees. If the conversions are good on the webinar, then you've got scheduled appointments. If the conversions are good on the scheduled appointments, well, then you've got profit. So, uh, so it really comes down to, you know, uh, so uh, for, it's kind of a long answer. The uh-huh. easier answer would, the easier answer would probably be to say, you know, if 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 your numbers are where they should be, then you could sell any type of product on there short of a, you know, short of a, a 99 cent item, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, fair enough. Yep, that's right. Cost of the cost of getting someone on there like we did one when I first met you. We were doing a webinar with John Asaraf and we eventually scaled that to do. I think it was $1.6 million US before I left the company. Um, he'd never done paid ads before. He'd done webinars, but he'd never really been big on paid ads before. Uh, heavily on joint ventures, which had caused an issue in his business of kind of like feast famine. Because how often can your JVs promote you? You know what I mean? Like kind of get them all together for one big event a year. And then after that, it's kind of how do you, you know, hammer your own list. Um, and that really changed the business because now we were able to drive traffic. And I remember in the beginning, we were paying three dollars a lead and i think we were making around 21 dollars per lead uh we were selling a thousand dollar digital products so the margins were phenomenal now that flatlined as we scaled it up um until where we were paying probably about 12 bucks a lead and still making around 20 dollars a lead 19 dollars a lead so in a lot of cases we were nearly doubling our money so like you say if you know if cost per sale cost per sale is really what it comes down to and as long as it works for your business you can you get into a really beautiful position where you can scale up. And especially if you have something where there's a second or third back end purchase to be made, you know, your friend, you don't need to make any money on the front end purchase. Uh, you just need to get that buyer. And then, you know, and, 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 uh, I mean, it does depend on your cash flow and that. Now you brought up a great, uh, thing, which now I just had a brain fart and forgot, but I was all excited about it when you mentioned it. Cause I was like, that brings up a really good point. I guess it wasn't the dollar item. It was, oh, it was an optimizing the webinar because you talked about if you get, if your registration page is working, then you've got registrants. And then if you've got registrants, then you've got attendees. And if you've got attendees, then you could have got strategy sessions. If you've got strategy sessions, then you should have sales. Whether you're doing strategy sessions, like setting an appointment or just selling a product, is that a way to optimize it? Like first you're optimizing to get good registration numbers. Like, do you know what I mean? Like if I've got yeah, a webinar. Absolutely. So absolutely. Yeah. Let me give you, let me give you a, a kind of example scenario. If I've got a webinar and I get, you know, a hundred visits or a thousand visits or whatever to sign up for it. And I, I get a hundred people to go to the registration page, but I only get seven signups. I still have to do the webinar and all that, but is my big bottleneck the registration page or do I need to worry about making sure the present, like where you can't chase two rabbits at once. So where should my focus yeah, be? Yeah, the registration page okay. or the or the target or mm. you know the target audience. Right now, if you know your target your target audience is correct, then um, you know focus on the registration page. And so what I'd recommend is that you um, you look at the content and just determine, okay, did I make a correct did I make a correct decision that my market wants this content? Now, let, let's say you, you made that, that that's correct. Well, then what I do is alter the webinar title, you know, make it, make it a more compelling title. I'd also look at altering the um, copy and then I would split test that with the one that's doing 7%. Right. Um, I'd also split test. If you've got a video currently on that webinar registration page, then on the other one, I, I'd put no video or vice versa. 
Mm -hmm. um, I'd also change or add whatever immediate freebie you're giving to people. So um, what I mean by that is, you know, you're gonna have a bonus for the webinar attendees, but you should also have a bonus for the people that register. And if you don't have that, then I'd immediately add that. Now that bonus can be really anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's, uh, you know, it, it could literally be handouts you know, handouts mm -hmm. for your event, but position correctly, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also do what you can do to overcome any objections you think people might be having. So if you're like, for instance, on the video, you could overcome them just with the presentation you give on the video on your registration page. If it's the non-video, then put it via text. And doing those, you know, doing one or two of those things will usually make a huge bump in your in your uh, conversions. Got it. So, all right. So the registration page isn't converting. So we're like, all right, is it the page or is it the target audience? Test some different audiences. If we know it's not the audience. And so something people have to realize here is that in business in general, one of the most important things is to somehow, whether it's through SEO or social media or paid ads or joint ventures or your own email list, you somehow have to create a steady flow of traffic so you can do these testings and figure things out. And that's something that a lot of people, I think, mess up. And it can be a big challenge in and of itself is just how do you keep a steady stream of potential, like, of leads, of potential customers, right? Like, even at the beginning, if you're getting the wrong audience, are you getting an audience on a regular basis? You know, are there eyeballs and real people knocking on your door, whether they're the right fit or not, on a regular basis? If they're not the right people, now you can try to focus on getting the right people there. Then once you've got the right people, like you say, uh, editing the copy, the title of the webinar, and split testing that. Now, the video versus not video is video, like, a, I guess if you're doing a video webinar, video is kind of a big and important thing to have um, on the registration page. Is that kind of what you've seen? Or again, it, or you just got to test it. You got to test it because some people are really good on video and some people are not so good. Right. <laughs> and so adding a video or taking away a video, uh, depending on the person, can um, increase or decrease the response. Mm, mm, mm. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making with their webinars? Um, no, no interesting, compelling opening. Um, no um, valuable content. Mm -hmm. Um, no retention, like no, no reason for the attendees to stay on. Um, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, uh, poor webinar structure, like, uh, they'll just uh, talk and they, they, you know, if you look at, oh gosh, I could go really deep here, Daryl, but okay. if you look <laughs> I love at, the warning. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you look at if you look at entertainment as a whole, you know, whether that's TV, movies, plays, whatever, you know, books, fiction, you know, there is, uh, there's really rules for presentation. There's rules, there's structure for, for entertainment. And so, um, you know, like take theater. Okay. Like for, for thousands of years, 
you know, this, this structure has evolved and we as humans are used to that structure. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that would be a a three part structure, you know, everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yet when you get on webinars, sometimes people that are not familiar with theater or entertainment or have never been in that, they, they, they don't realize that. Um, so they don't, they don't understand that. And, and they, I don't expect them to, um, unless they've done some, some, some education of themselves. But so, you know, poor webinar structures, people will just be all over. They'll be all over the map. Right. And, and, you know, people will be billing left and right because, you know, their brains are, <laughs> they can't figure out what the heck this, this person's talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can figure out what they're talking about, but they can't figure out where they're going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, some other uh, things are poor transition to the offer. A lot of people have a lot of problems making a, a transition to an offer. Mm. Um, a lot of people have trouble overcoming objections. You know, you should be coming overcoming objections throughout your entire webinar. You shouldn't be you shouldn't be doing it. Um, you know, really at a at a direct manner. You should be do, doing it in an indirect manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so that by the time you get to that conversion to that, let's call it a close, um, you've already overcame all those objections that, mm-hmm. that people had in their head. Um, you're, uh, usually, you know, people have some sort of bonuses, uh, whether it's directly to a sale or to a strategy session, the bonuses might be wrong. Uh, maybe the urgency might be wrong. Um, so those, or, or maybe the entire offer is wrong. You know, a lot of times, uh, people will put together, um, uninteresting, I guess that's the best way to say it offers, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and so, you know, your offer has to be, has to be right. So I don't know, that was probably about 12 or 14 things that are really the common errors. Yeah. And usually just one or two of those will really you know, do wonders for a webinar. Right. Um, and, and that's the beautiful thing is that it's something that only gets better the more you do it. I think that's a, an important thing to point out. You know, it's it's almost like whether you're doing a push-up or pull-up. I mean, the toughest one is always your first. If you've never done a pull-up, the first one's the one you struggle with the most, and you got to do all this prep work to get there and do it. But once you start being able to bang them out and, and get them, even if they're only singles, you're only getting one pull-up at a time, it's easier. You know, you don't have to do all that prep work to do it. You just get on the bar, and boom, you have a pull-up. And suddenly you're doing two, three pull-ups. Suddenly you're just stringing ten or five or ten in a row, and it's that sort of thing. And so the only thing you're going to regret is if you don't get started practicing in the first place, because someday you're going to be wanting, needing to do a pull-up, maybe to save your life, and you won't. You know, you'll wish that you've done it. So, now I, you mentioned the three-part structure. What is the three-part structure? Well, you know, within any within any theater, you've always got a three-part structure. Um, you know, whether you're watching a, a a play from, you know, 200 years ago or 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 a play that was just written today. And so um, traditionally, you know, you want to make sure your webinar is following a, a similar sort of structure because that will that will create um, a, a direction mm-hmm. and it will create um um, a flow for your attendees. So when it comes to webinars, uh, the, the three part structure should be, um, you know, once you get into the content, 
is to cover those three compelling uh, pieces of content that you want to that, that you know your attendees want to learn. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, I always recommend that people spend about three to eight minutes on each piece of content and make it 100% valuable, you know, not, 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 not be content like uh, buy my widget. Mm -hmm, <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> it has to be 100% valuable so that as people are on your webinar, they are actually learning things that they can apply immediately. And so that in, you know, inside their brain, they are appreciative of, of, of you and they are happy they're on your webinar and they're excited about their future. Right. Okay. So that's at the beginning. So the three part structure is that. So I guess there's, there's an opening, then there's the covering the content and then there's the pitch at the end. Is that the three, the three parts? Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. So then we yes. cover now, your content. You know, I mean, we get we get much more um, involved in like you know in 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 the courses and the trainings and if people go to stealthseminar.com and look on the blog, or if they go to jeffronning.com and look on the blog, they'll find a lot more detail mm -hmm. than that. But um, sure. and that's G E O F F. Yeah. R O N N I N G, just for anyone there that's wondering, Jeff running in stealth seminar. So, um, all right, keep going. So, all right, so I have a three part structure um, beginning, kind of middle, end where we cover the content, three to eight minutes on each piece of content. And again, if people are really looking for a breakdown of the full structure, go listen to our first interview that we did. Jeff did an amazing job there, uh, really fantastic, really, really, really good stuff. Now, one of the things, when you talk about transitioning to the offer, any tips for people when they do that? You say a lot of people are awkward or mess that up. Is there any tips that you've got on how to transfer transition to the offer? Yeah, absolutely. So um, at the earliest point you can, um, uh, let people know you're going to be transitioning to an offer. So when people get on your webinar, hey, welcome to this webinar. Um, you know, you're going to learn this, this, and this, I'm also going to give you this bonus, which is going to help your journey to achieve these goals. And by the way, at the very end, I'm going to have a special offer. Now you don't need to take advantage of that special offer. It's right for some, it's not right for others. Mm. Okay. Let's roll into this. Let's roll into this mm. and go immediately into the content so that when you get to that point in time in the future, you can say, as I promised, I've got to make a special offer here. So now, now when you roll into that transition, it's actually reinforcing that you're a truthful person, right? Because mm -hmm. as I promised, uh, I'm going to make a special offer now, you know? So it's not something that is, that's sprung on the people. No one's going to hold it against you. And, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, Daryl's, Daryl made a promise earlier, and he's keeping it. He's a good guy. He's an honest guy. <laughs> right. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And the bonuses for that. Now, you said something before, too, that some people are great on camera, some people are not great. And I know for myself, the only reason that I haven't done more with webinars, and this is like, throw me on an audio for a podcast. I don't need much prep. I've done this a ton of time. You want to put me in front of an audience of 
10, 5, 10, 50, 100, 200, 300, 400 people. Like, I've been to Toastmasters. I've been on stages at conferences. I'm good. But you want me to prepare some slides for, you know, a webinar presentation. I'm all thumbs. Do you have any recommendations or suggestions for anyone out there who's like me that just has a hard time getting a slide deck together and, like, a presentation that goes with it? Um, gosh, you know um – we we actually have something for you, but I'm updating it right now. Um, but by the time by the time people probably hear this uh, and they want it, it'll probably be prepared, so they could just go to stealthseminar.com or jeffronning.com, and they'll be able to sign up and um, for free for this. And I'll just send them kind of a a a a actual you know, Google slide or keynote or, um, uh, uh, PowerPoint and, uh, they can literally use it. You know, one of the things about the webinars are that, and these are not big fancy, you know, I, I call the fancy ones corporate slides. That's not what these are, but what this is, is really, um, you know, a step-by-step -step where you just enter your information and, and we just, I'll give that to you. So, um, you know, you, it doesn't have to be in order to be effective. It doesn't have to be some big corporate presentation where everything's fancy and, and gorgeous. I mean, the as long as the content's good and the people feel like you're authentic. <laughs> in other words, you don't have to actually be authentic. to <laughs> feel like you are. <laughs> <laughs> that came out funny to me, but <laughs> as long as you're being yourself, which you are obviously on this, on this podcast, I would think that webinars would be a piece of cake for you. Hmm. What do you struggle with when you're, when you're putting together slides? Well, I think it's mostly that. I think it's just the slides. It's the, it's the visuals. Like that's the part. It's not wanting to have a big block of text for people to read. And then it's like, well, what oh, yeah. do you, what, if it's not going to be a big block of text, then it's got to be, you know, like some people, some people I've seen webinars where they've got these beautiful visual images with like one word, you know what I mean? And they go through the slide deck and, and that's, that's fine. But it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like this right now, I'm focused on the content on you. I'm focused on thinking about what the, the attendee, the listener for the podcast is going to be doing, you know, but when I get into doing a webinar slide, it's, I don't know. It just gets gummed up somehow. It's almost like I can't sit down to do that, but I can sit down and, and take a pen and paper. It might even just be like having to do it through a computer, you know, but cause I'm a paper and pen guy, you know, like I, yeah. So it's, I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. I just know that that's always been my hiccup. It's always been my hiccup with doing, and that's just for me. And I know that's a common thing for other people. It's just that part. I've, it's just something about that. Or even now I'm talking, I'm doing the webinar, but I got to keep flicking through. I don't even know. Because, I, I mean, I can use them for a stand-up presentation. Um, so I don't even know if it's just – maybe it's just an excuse. Maybe it's just an excuse or a cop-out. But I know that that's a common even objection or something that people listening to this might struggle with. You know, if, Sure. Well let's, well, let's solve it. Let's solve it. Okay. So, um, so um, you know, if you're listening to this right away before we have that, um, that, that, that thing available um, – or if you want to do it yourself, here's here's the key thing with the slides. Um, you do not want to have a bunch of text on each slide. You want to have the most minimal amount of text you can put on each slide. So that slide is not um, 
you know, it's like in the internet marketing world, there's video sales letters. Okay. So webinars are not video sales letters. And if you try and go that way, it'll kill your, your, your retention. So you want to put the, 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 the most minimal. So one word, two words, three words, maybe four or five, but no more than that. So that slide should capture the message that you're saying at that moment. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can do it, if, if you can capture that, that message more powerfully with an image, then it's good. So you want to think in your head, um, let's say we're talking about businesses going out of business, let's mm-hmm. just say, well, then you'd want to think, okay, what would be a good image to, to, to show there, you know, and you can go to, um, you know, a stock photograph of a stock photo, place and maybe you maybe it'd be a closed sign or maybe it'd be an image of an old uh, dumpy looking business or maybe it would be something more a little bit more uh, along the lines of a metaphor like maybe something you know some image that represents death or dying or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and so um like if i were talking about businesses going out of business um out of business on a slide would be one way I could put it, but it'd be much more powerful if I could put that emotional image mm-hmm. that, that, that shows something has died because that's, that's going to hit people because when people, obviously when they start businesses, it's important and it's usually important for personal reasons. And so it's not just that the business is closed. It's they've lost their dream all all of, you know, their future, their identity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you want to have a mix, but you want to have uh, very few words and an image or just an image and just a few words. Now, here's another key. You asked me what's changed and I didn't, this didn't occur to me, but now that we're talking about it, it, it really fits in with that question. Um, and that is the, the fonts you use on these webinars. This is very, very important, extremely mm-hmm. important. The fonts that you want to use on your webinar, is if there if it's a serif font you want to use Georgia, Palantino or Times New Roman. You only want to use those three fonts. If it's sans serif then you want to use Arial, Lucida, Verdana and Tahoma and only those. And the reason is because now we have so many webinars being attended on mobile devices that you want to have, you want to use these fonts because they'll show up really well, even on Mm. small devices. Mm. So whereas, um, you know, um, five years ago, everybody was on their computer. Um, you know, every year the attendees on iPhones has grown. I mean, it's Mm. staggering. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, unless you're using these fonts that are really simple and plain and easy to see on the smaller screens, you know, it really hurts their business. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, because people can't, you know, it's like writing someone a letter in ink, but it's been dipped in water beforehand and it's all smeared. Like they just can't read the message. So um, that makes perfect, perfect sense. So I love that. All right. So you want powerful visuals. So you're going to rehearse your presentation a few times. You want to have one to five words max per slide. Try to have some sort of emotionally engaging 
uh, emotionally engaging image. You want to structure your part and your, your presentation in three parts, kind of an opening, a middle, and a close. You ideally probably want to set a first impression and an introduction in the opening. You want to do some sort of investigating, you know, why you're here, why, like, to help people understand that this is for them, you know, like why they're there, why this is a fit for them, why they should watch the, the rest of the webinar right then and there. And then probably want, and you're, you're demonstrating your capabilities when you're covering your content. This is where you're kind of demonstrating, you're, you're showing them, I can solve your problem. I have all the answers. Going through, like Jeff said, what was it, three to eight minutes for each piece of the content, something that's immediately useful, something that, I loved how you said that, Jeff. It's something that they'll be appreciative for receiving and excited about. I think that's really important because now you've got them emotionally engaged. And at the end, you know, when you go into your close, you want to try to gain, obtain their commitment. You want to get them committed, not even just to buying your product, but to the, the bigger picture, the, the future that they will have when they've completed whatever your product or service is giving them. You know, if it's selling them, putting in a pool, how great it's going to be to have all their family members over for barbecues at their house every weekend, you know, and the kids can just play in the pool and how that's going to make their backyard kind of their own little getaway oasis and they don't need to get on a plane to Jamaica every weekend. They can just have it in their backyard, you know, show them the chain and then send them, sell them the first link. And that first link, that first step is, is getting on board with you. And then of course, uh, I love the transition to the offer part. Because I think that that's really important. I think a lot of people feel awkward or like almost like they're revealing their genitals. Like, all right, I gave you all this great stuff for free, but now I got to do, you know, and that's and that's where I think there's a mindset issue at play as well. And I struggle with this for sure. But it's you have to understand that you're there to serve. You're there to serve. And so even though you're asking for money, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting paid. I mean, if there's nothing wrong with getting paid if you're going to save someone. I mean, that's 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 how it works. I mean, if you have to get in a cab to go somewhere, you don't feel bad for paying the cab driver. He took you somewhere. If you go to a restaurant, get some food, you don't feel bad because they had to cook the meal. So don't feel bad in that respect. And it's not even about you at all. And don't even think about it about you. That's where I loved what you said because how you structured it made it almost like really non-salesy. You mentioned at the beginning, hey, I'm going to give you this, this, this. I'm going to give you this. And I've got this bonus for you at the end. I'm also going to have a special offer for people. It won't be right for some. It might be for others. But don't worry. You're still going to benefit from this call. And then when you get to that point, be like, as promised, I've got to make a special offer. This is for people who want and paint that big picture, show them the chain, and sell them that first step, which is getting started with you. I think that's a fantastic fantastic part and you say we don't need fancy slides it's okay to just have kind of is i mean i heard with instagram ads that like fancy professional looking photos actually were worse for ads on instagram it's almost like people couldn't relate like more like like amateur did with my cell phone photos apparently were working better because people could relate with them more is that kind of it with powerpoint presentations because you kind of make it sound like we don't want the super fancy glossy look yeah, well, the super fancy glossy look is not, um, you know, if, if it was for like Ford Motor Company or something like that, then, um, you know, that might be different. But yeah, you, you know, you want to be you want to be congruent with with who you are. And, and as long as you're being authentic, absolutely. You know, the people are there to solve their problems. Mm -hmm. And so. Um, they're not, they're not there analyzing, well, they shouldn't be there analyzing your slides right. if they are, you know, you're delivering the wrong content. Right, right, right. And that's, I think, I think that comes back to something you said even before that content is king. I, I remember this is a joke, but, um, in her, I mean, she's still amazing, but Beyonce in the heyday is like, if, 
for the guys in the audience, like if someone told you that, hey, Beyonce's waiting, lying naked in bed, just waiting for some guy to show up, you wouldn't care if it was crayon on a napkin, right? You care more, more about the information than you do <laughs> how it was delivered. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to say here. You know, if, if you've got the world's greatest secret and how to eliminate back pain, uh, people aren't going to care, right? How it's presented as long as it's correct and accurate and helpful and sincere, you know, and, and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but maybe don't just talk to fill up the time. We haven't talked about proper webinar length, but I think I just want to say this because I do CrossFit and I'm a big fan of it, but something my girlfriend and I have been talking about, I used to just go open training sessions and use the gym how I wanted to use it. And lately we've been doing a lot of classes. And the one thing I noticed is the classes always take exactly an hour, which are almost a little frustrating for me because I've showed up a couple of times and been the only one to do the class because of the time of day that I showed up at. And I was like, because I've been doing it for a couple of years, I was like, you know, hey, I'll just go through everything on the board myself and I'll be done in 30 minutes. And so it's like the classes are being filled. Like, you know what I mean? Like the coaches, we're sitting listening to them talk for a half hour, even though there's no, I don't want to say there's no value to it, but with your webinar, people can just click away. So you have to remember Absolutely. that. Yeah, you have to remember that, you know, is there, is there a perfect length? Like that's, that's why I wanted to preface that question with that. Because I don't want you to be like, yeah, an hour, and then people are like, blah blah blah, for, you know. Um, but yeah, um, so if it's a cold, if it's a cold, you know, a cold, cold webinar, which would be to prospects that you don't have a relationship with, then I would keep it to about an hour. But it's got to be good content. If you, if you can only deliver good content for thirty minutes, then that's okay. Make it thirty minutes. Um, uh, but don't make it any more than an hour 15. Mm, mm, mm. No more than an hour 15. At that point, people yeah. want to stretch their legs. They got to use the washroom. Their kids are crying. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes people are like, well, I was on a webinar and, uh, it was, you know, it was three hours and, um, this guy just answered questions at the end. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, you know, um, and that guy probably did really well. Um, but you know, there's always exceptions to the rules. Like, um, you know, if, if you are like a celebrity in your field, like if you're that Beyonce, yeah. then why people will stay on that webinar and listen to whatever you have to say. But for the majority of us, you know, um, once we stop providing value, uh, people disappear. Yep. Yeah. Now, when you were, you, you mentioned who you used to work for in yep. the past, um, who you were working with. And, you know, I seem to recall now he was an example of someone that did, I think, like up to 12 or 15 hour webinars, right? Oh, I don't, um, the one we did that when we launched, it was almost like a telethon. It was like a six hour event. Um, yeah, I don't it, know. Was, it was, it yeah. was, it was. It was at least four hours. I, I'm trying to remember now, but I'm, it was like 20 minutes of content, 20 minutes of case study, kind of 20 minutes of pitch looped four or six times over with different content, a different case study. It would be like content on a theme or topic, case study about the theme or con uh, topic, kind of painting the picture of the result they'll get on that topic with the product and then kind of going through. So it was like, there was like four or six, again, I, I, I think it was six hour webinar, six kind of main benefits. But for those that are listening, it wasn't, it wasn't six hours of beginning, middle and end. It was beginning, middle end, beginning, middle end, beginning, middle, you know, it was, it was multiple webinars done in the context of a six hour event is almost the best way to say it. 
because that's that 20 minutes of content, 20 minutes of case study, 20 minutes of pitch. That was almost the one hour webinar, like a complete presentation in and of itself. And then we just looped it again, like I said, on a different feature or almost I, I was sort of involved in crafting the webinar itself. Um, I mean, I was, but it was by far it was John. He knew his, you know, he knew his market, his product, all that way better than I did. I'd only been with the company six, seven months. Um, so I, whether there was one hour for every avatar, I'm not sure, but there was definitely like a different angle. You know, like this will help you with your business. This will help you with your relationship. This will help. I, there was definitely that to it. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And of course, he is a celebrity in his oh, niche. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, people, you know, now. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's an exception to the rule. That was great. And that was something where I realized and this maybe is inspiring or helpful for people that are listening. The biggest lesson I got from that, because I had come from running a martial arts school, you know, decent, respectable six figure martial arts school it took me about a year, maybe just over a year to grow it to that. And then I kind of was working on optimizing and building a team so I could go and, you know, go to conferences and meet people like Jeff and, you know, go to other places around the world. Um, and what I really learned was the, the principles and the strategies are the same. The only difference was the zeros attached. And so what's one of the things that's been really helpful for me in scaling? And that's something there's a great book called Scientific Advertising by Claude Hopkins. And in it, he has this great sentence where he says, let the thousands tell you what the millions will do. And that may sound daunting for anyone that's starting out because like, I don't have a thousand people. But when you run ads on Facebook or Google or whatever, you pay per thousand impressions. So you can get, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20, 30, 40,000, 50,000, even 100,000 people to tell you what they will do. And then that will translate into what the millions will do. And things will flatline. So it's, you know, whatever, like I mentioned in the earlier example, in the beginning, we we're paying like 350 a lead. And we were doing almost 24 bucks a lead. I mean, it was a ridiculous ROI, but it started to flatline as we started to push it, promote it and scale it up. But we still, the numbers almost stayed the same. We always knew between, I believe it was 1.8 and 2.6% of our leads would buy. And it was a thousand dollar product. And that way we almost could reverse engineer what we could afford to spend, taking out our costs of goods sold and all that. And so we knew, you know, what we could or couldn't afford to spend. And then it was just a matter of getting like getting that much traffic right now. I've actually, sorry, Jeff, there's we're we're um, I know we're coming to the end, but this is a great little tool I think might be really helpful for people. And it's a seven step process to kind of doing this sort of thing. And it it it, it, it relates to whether it's a webinar or a sales letter. And this is the seven step rollout formula. And the first step is to find a hot group of buyers. You know, so you always have to start with a market first and then concentrate on a product. Number two is to find or create a product to sell. Three is to have some sort of promotion describing the benefits of your thing and, and, and owning it. And that could be a sales letter. That could be a video sales letter. That could be a webinar. Webinars are fantastic because they're going to convert better than a sales letter is, you know, and it's scalable where a one-on-one -on -one conversation isn't. And then you're going to run a test, 1,000 to 5,000 visitors. With a webinar, you can probably tell if you can get a – Jeff, is 100 registrations enough? Is 20 registrations enough? How do you know whether you've got a winner or not? <clears throat> With regards to the conversion on the webinar registration page? Well, just the just the webinar in general. How many people, if I'm doing a webinar, if I'm like, this is the webinar, I'm gonna go see how it goes, you know, and I I do everything I can to promote it, and I you know, and I get 20 people to sign up, and then I get 10 to show up into my webinar, and I do my webinar, and I get one sale or two sales. Do I have a winner? Do I not know yet? Do I? You don't know yet. You don't know yet. You'd you'd want at least 200 attendees. <laughs> 
200 to 10, 200 people who show up, not just register, but actually show up. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. So that's where we're at. So what step one, find a hot group of buyers. Step two, find or create a product to sell. Step three, create a promotion describing the benefit of this thing um, and, and having it. Step four is to run a test with a webinar. Jeff, the, this is the horse's mouth as best as we can get on, on, on the definitive answer for webinars. You want 200 people who show up. Analyze your results. If results are good, get another 200 to 2,000. If results are still good, start rolling out and taking care of business. Where now you're just pumping people through your webinar and dealing with uh, post-purchase stuff and trying to optimize that funnel. So that's a neat little rollout formula that works really, really well. And I think that's a great foundation for anyone that now that they've listened to this call, they've heard a ton of tips on how to do it, how to structure their slides, how to, uh, how to structure the webinar, kind of the how to optimize it. So we already talked about it. If you're not able to get those registrations, you got to fix the registration page, what to do there, what kind of font we could do, how to even transition in the webinar to the sales pitch. So really, it's just a matter of if you don't already have a product or market to serve, find that market, you know, create, find or create that product create the webinar presentation, do the promotion, get that steady stream of people to show up, test it, see what your results are, keep testing it, keep doing it till you get 200 attendees. And then after that, determine whether it's working or not. And you might, you probably be able to tell in the, in the front end, you know, I know Jeff, you said that you need 200 to know, but I'm sure if you're bombing, you'll know after like 50 attendees, like, Hey, no one's here. And it's, I'm only 15 minutes into my webinar, you know? So, um, I think it's a fantastic. Yeah, well, that's the that's the nice thing about the webinar is you can also track by the length of time. So right, and catch maybe you know, drop off points. Yeah, yeah, you probably have to have said something really, really bad if if people were bailing that fast. But if they are, yeah, that would be bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think honestly, yet again, you've given us another fantastic. Um, insight on how to use webinars to grow our business. Again, if people are still hungry, if you still have questions, definitely check out that first interview. But this has been fantastic. I think webinars are fantastic tools. I've helped at least a couple of people do over a million dollars with them. Uh, Jeff, I know, like you said, you've, your clients have done over a billion dollars in sales. It's definitely a tool worth checking out, worth getting, uh, worth getting comfortable doing. And if you're looking for more information, that's stealthseminar.com or jeffroning.com, G-E-O-F-F-R-O-N-N-I-N-G. Jeff, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? No, I think, it, you know, we covered a lot of ground, yeah, a lot of ground, Daryl. Yep. And you yeah. gave away some free yeah. bonuses, too. Those people need to remember if they want a template presentation. Go to StealthSeminar.com, sign up. They'll have the Google slide or keynote presentation there. I think there was something else, too. Oh, just you mentioned checking out the blogs. The blogs on both those sites have lots of great yeah, tips. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot on there. Right. Well, because your, your, your entire business depends on people making money with their webinars. So it's in your best interest to do everything you can to give away all the free goodies possible so people can make money with their webinar. So they sign up for Stealth Seminar and they stick, stay with you. You know, it's happy, healthy, long-term customers. So yeah, I mean, that's the cool thing. You know, our business is still, you know, it's still. I mean, it's it's it's, it's still growing significantly, and mm. you know, that's the cool thing about getting people onto the onto the platform, setting up their webinars for them, and um, you know, once they're successful, they 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 stay with us. And mm-hmm. so, yep, you're exactly right. 
That is the key to us growing our business is people having successful webinars. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. I think this is an extremely powerful tool. Um, I feel like I need to go and do another four or five webinars and just keep keep hammering these things just because it's it's so simple. I mean, I know people that have literally built very large businesses overnight with just one or two webinars that really hit home runs. So again, for anyone listening to this, I think all of us need to go. And even if you have a webinar, you probably should work on another one just to test against the one you've got because they are such powerful tools. So uh, Jeff, thank you for coming and sharing with us. I know you don't need to. I know you've got your own automated webinars and all this stuff that you could do for your audience. So thank you for coming and sharing some of your wisdom with us. It is definitely appreciated. And of course, it's always a pleasure. Always wonderful to talk to you, Daryl. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.